Section 4 of the Story of the Mikado. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Noel Badrian. The Story of the Mikado by W. S. Gilbert. Chapter 3. Koko and Yum Yum were to be married at sunset, and as the evening approached, Yum Yum became very sad indeed, although she was not as much interested in Nankipu as she had been a year ago. Nevertheless, this unexpected return to Titipu on the very day of her intended marriage with Koko seemed to make her still more unwilling to unite herself to a man who was absolutely uninteresting to her. She wandered forth into the shady grounds of the official residence in order to think it over and try to find some means of escaping the unpleasant doom that Koko had prepared for her. Now Nanki Poo was so absorbed by his distress at the prospect of Yum Yum's marriage that he kept hovering about the residence all day long. He saw Yum Yum enter the garden and he at once accosted her for he had something to say that he thought might exercise a powerful influence over her movements. Yum-yum, said he, I'm in a dreadful state of mind. I've travelled here night and day for three weeks, in the belief that your guardian was to be beheaded, and now I find that he's reprieved, and that you are to be married to him this evening. Alas, yes, said Yum-yum, but you do not love him alas no then refuse to be married to him and be married to me instead impossible said yum yum it is true that i do not love koko but a wandering minstrel who sings and plays outside places of entertainment is hardly a fitting husband for a ward of a lord high executioner nanki poo looked right and left to be quite sure that they were unobserved while he made the important communication to which I have referred. What? said he in an emphatic whisper. If it should prove that, after all, I am no musician. There, said Yum Yum, I was certain of it directly I heard you play. This was sheer nonsense on Yum Yum's part, for she admired his playing beyond everything but she never could resist an opportunity of being pert. Now do be serious for one moment, said Nanki Poo. What if it should prove that I am no other than the son of His Majesty the Mikado? The son of the Mikado? exclaimed Yum Yum in great amazement. The heir to the throne of Japan? That is another way of putting it, said Nanki Poo. Yum Yum fell on her knees and hit her forehead on the ground three times, but not too hard, to express her reverence for the exalted gentleman who had courted her. But why is your highness disguised? she exclaimed. And what has your highness done? And will your highness promise never to do it again? I'll tell you, said Nanki Poo. Some years ago I had the misfortune to captivate Katisha an elderly lady of my father's court. She, mistaking my customary politeness for an expression of affection, claimed me in marriage. 
my father who is extremely strict in such matters ordered me to marry her within a week or be beheaded that evening that evening i fled and assuming the disguise of a second trombone i joined the band in which you found me when i first had the happiness of seeing you i see said yum yum who was beginning to be much impressed by the exalted rank of her suitor i'll think it over go away now and i'll see what can be done but to be quite candid i don't see how i am to get out of it is there no hope said nanki poo i'm afraid not said yum yum but nevertheless hope up to a certain point but don't overdo it now go for i hear koko coming and if he catches me talking to you it will vex him good-bye and they rubbed their knees and bent their heads at each other as was usual in japan when two people parted nanki poo leapt over the small boundary wall and vanished while yum yum went into the house just as koko appeared there she goes said koko to himself to think how entirely my future happiness is wrapped up in that little parcel oh matrimony he was going on to address a carefully prepared speech to matrimony when pooh bah and pish tush entered hurriedly now then what is it said koko can't you see that i'm soliloquizing you have interrupted an apostrophe sir i beg your highness's pardon said pishtosh but we are the bearers of a letter from the mikado a letter from the mikado exclaimed koko what can it be about they all squatted on the ground and koko pressed the letter to his forehead in token of submission before he opened it ah here it is at last said koko as he read the letter with dismay the mikado is struck by the fact that no executions have taken place in the province of tokisaki for many years and he decrees that unless somebody is beheaded within a month the city of titipu shall be reduced to the rank of a village but that will involve us all in irretrievable ruin said pishtush who held a quantity of tramway shares absolute ruin exclaimed Poobah who as lord high architect had just accepted a valuable contract to build a cathedral yes said koko there's no help for it i shall have to execute somebody the only question is who shall it be well said Poobah, it seems unkind to say so but as you're already under sentence of death everything points to you that's absurd said koko it has been already decided that a man cannot cut his own head off a man might try replied Bah. even if you only succeeded in cutting it half off that would be something said pishtush it would be taken as evidence of your desire to comply with the imperial will observed Bah. no said koko there i am adamant as lord high executioner my reputation is at stake and i can't consent to embark on a professional operation unless i see my way to a successful result this professional conscientiousness is highly creditable to you 
remarked Pooh-Bah, but it places us in a very awkward position. My good sir, said Coco, a little nettled, the awkwardness of your position is grace itself compared with that of a man engaged in the act of cutting off his own head. I'm afraid, said Pishtash, that unless you can find a substitute... A substitute? exclaimed Coco. The very thing. Thank you very much, Pishtash. Poobah, I appoint you Lord High Substitute. Poobah pondered thoughtfully for a half a minute. He was strongly tempted to accept this new and distinguished office, but his better nature prevailed. I should like it above all things, replied Poobah. Such an appointment would realize my fondest dreams. But no, at any sacrifice, I must set bounds to my insatiable ambition. And he expressed his views in the following song. I am so proud, if I allowed my family pride to be my guide, I'd volunteer to quit this sphere instead of you in a minute or two. And so, although, as of course you know, I greatly pine to brightly shine. Footnote. To brightly shine. This is called a split infinitive, and is never used by well-educated people. But some allowance should be made for a gentleman who is extemporizing beautiful poetry. End of footnote and take the line of a hero fine with grief condign i must decline to sit in solemn silence in a dull dark dock in a pestilential prison with a lifelong lock awaiting the sensation of a short sharp shock from a cheap and chippy chopper on a big black block having thus expressed his views pooh bah hastily retired lest if he remained he should allow himself to be over persuaded followed by his faithful subordinate. Coco was in a terrible state of mind. Here, said he, am I who allowed myself to be respited at the last moment, simply in order to benefit my native town. And it is now suggested by a man whom I have laden with honours that I should consent to die within a month. Is this public gratitude? Is this... At this moment Nanki Poo appeared with a rope in which he was making a large noose. How dare you interrupt, said Coco. Am I never to be permitted to soliloquize? Coco was fond of soliloquizing because his medical attendant said that contradiction was bad for him as it flew to his head, and Coco could rely upon it that while he was speaking to himself nobody could contradict him. Go on, said Nanki Poo, don't mind me. What are you going to do with that rope? asked Koko. I am about, said Nanki Poo, to terminate an unendurable existence. No, no, don't do that, exclaimed Koko, who was really a humane man. This is horrible. Why, you wicked, wicked man. Are you aware that in taking your life you are committing a crime at which society revolts? a crime of the most disgraceful and inhuman character which which and coco paused for a moment for a most ingenious idea had just occurred to him 
Well, said Nanki Poo, a crime of the most disgraceful and inhuman character. Go on. And Koko, trembling in every limb at the bare thought of the proposal that he was about to make, whispered, Is it absolutely certain that you are resolved to die? Absolutely, said Nanki Poo, attaching the rope to a bough of a tree. Will nothing shake your resolution? Nothing. Threats, entreaties, prayers, all useless? Quite. My mind is made up. Then, said Coco, if you really mean what you say, and if nothing whatever will shake your determination, don't spoil yourself by committing suicide, but be beheaded handsomely at the hands of the public executioner. I don't see how that would help me, said Nanki Poo. You don't, replied Coco. Observe you'll have a month to live and you'll live like a fighting cock at my expense when the day arrives there'll be a grand public ceremonial you'll be the central figure no one will even attempt to deprive you of that distinction there'll be a procession bands dead march bells tolling all the girls in tears yum yum distracted then when it's all over general rejoicings and a display of fireworks in the evening you won't see them but they'll be there all the same nanki poo was touched by the thought that yum yum would mourn for him do you think said he that yum yum would really be distracted i'm convinced of it bless you she's the most tender-hearted little creature alive i should be sorry to cause her pain replied nanki poo perhaps after all if i were to travel in europe for a couple of years i might contrive to forget her oh i don't think you could do that said koko hastily life without yum yum why it seems absurd i'll tell you how we'll manage it replied nanki poo let me marry yum yum tomorrow and in a month you may behead me no no said koko i draw the line at yum yum very good said nanki poo if you can draw the line so can i and he proceeded to illustrate his meaning by slipping the noose over his head stop stop exclaimed koko terrified lest he should carry out his threat how can i consent to your marrying yum yum when i'm engaged to marry her myself she'll be a widow in a month replied nanki poo and you can marry her then that's true of course said koko but dear me my position during the next month will be most unpleasant not nearly so unpleasant as my position at the end of it replied nanki poo well said koko i agree i reluctantly agree after all it's only putting off my wedding for a few weeks that's all said nanki poo but you won't prejudice her against me will you you see i've educated her to be my wife and i've taught her to believe that i am a good and wise man now i shouldn't like her views on that point disturbed trust me said nanki poo she shall never know the truth from me treat her well continued koko she likes a poached egg for breakfast half a dozen oysters for lunch and some warm barley water with a rusk at night she has also a girlish fondness for hard bake 
she shall have them all said nanki poo then that's settled replied koko who nevertheless was not at all pleased with his bargain but some people are never satisfied end of section four